Has your fuse box gone haywire? Is your water pressure too weak? Or maybe your boiler needs an upgrade? They don't last forever, you know. Well, the good news is that there's a local hero in Dublin for that. So if you're locked out on a Thursday and need a locksmith, take the hassle out of it with localheroes.ie. Our online service connects you with trusted tradespeople in your area and all work comes with a 12-month guarantee backed by Borgosh Energy. Try it out while listening to your podcast. You could get a quote in minutes at localheroes.ie. TNCs apply. Visit localheroes.ie for full details. Taking stock on News Talk. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland, driving business success through innovative training and upskilling. And we're joined now by Ian Anderson, executive chairman of PR firm Cicero. Ian, you're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. It's good to be with you. You have just been appointed the UK's first LGBT business champion. So what is an LGBT business champion? Well, I think I'm going to find out. It's a new role. It's a new role for the UK government. Um, And it's really about trying to bring together both the LGBT community, uh, the business community um, and government to try and get the right policies to be able to support uh, LGBT people at work, allow them to thrive and unlock and unleash I think some of the economic benefits of doing so. I assume, Ian, the homophobia problem isn't as bad as it used to be, or maybe it is. Tell me what you think. Look, I think social progress, progress for LGBT people has come on leaps and bounds since I've been in the world of work. I've been in the world of work about 30 years, and if I compare now to where we were before, um, things are a lot better. But, you know, for most of my career, I wasn't out at work. Um, Since I've been out at work, my business is about four or five times larger. And I think that's partly as a result, as a kind of as a leader that, you know, people drive towards you when you really are truly yourself. And really, that's what I want to try and achieve here in this in this brand new role. It's to... um, create a culture across large businesses, small businesses, British businesses, uh, international businesses that have come into the UK um, to allow people just to be themselves and to thrive. But that does imply that you think the culture at the moment maybe isn't doing that. So are there are there issues around this still? Just outline for me what they are. Yeah, so according to some of the um, recent work by... Um, both Stonewall, the LGBT charity, um, and the Chartered Institute of Kind of Personal Development in the UK, um, about you know between 35 and 40 percent of LGBT people don't feel that they can be out at work. About um, again, about 40 percent of people have experienced kind of workplace intimidation. Now that's significantly higher than for um, kind of heterosexual folks um, at work. So there's quite a big job that you know is there to be done. And I think by having this kind of business champion role, there's a chance to focus down on it. Yeah, no, the, the societal consequences of, of homophobia, unfortunately, have been obvious. We don't really need to get into that here. 
But your argument, I think, is that there are also business consequences. There are real business consequences of uh, people not being able to be themselves. And that's I'm not that's not just employees. That's also uh, kind of customers um, uh, as well. So, you know, I think we need to tackle that. I think we need to look at best practice. We I'm very much a believer in a kind of evidence based way to um, create policy that works, that is proven to work. So look, one of the big things that I want to do first up is to put in place a buddying scheme. So large businesses, they've got HR departments, they've got diversity and inclusion teams, um, they've got a lot of resources. They've done a lot, particularly in the last five or six years, to make uh, uh, work just much, much uh, better for LGBT people to allow them to thrive. I think that's more difficult for small businesses. Um, and I want to try and create a sort of buddying scheme, a kind of mentoring scheme to take all that great work that has been done in big businesses and bring it into small yeah. businesses. Just expand also, on that a bit more. What do these What do these mentors do? What What would it look like? Well, I mean, we're kind of literally about to just to start to develop the uh, idea. So I'm going to be talking to the Federation of Small Businesses, talking to the uh, employers group, talking to the trade unions. But really what I see is there's a lot of material that's been kind of created. Rather than small business having to go and kind of reinvent the wheel, if you like, that material could be um, uh, uh, taken into small businesses to allow them to capacity build in this in this area much, much faster. But what can kind of one business do? I mean, this is a societal issue going back centuries or, or, or whatever and you know if it's an attitude that's ingrained in, in people I mean what can a business do really to change that it, it seems difficult uh, it seems like a difficult problem a business can do a lot a business has a lot of economic power large and small it's about the environment that you create for your employees at work uh, it's about the environment that you create for your customers I mean let's face it work is where we spend most of our time so look you know at either a small micro level or at a large large business level cross economy level there's a lot that businesses can do they can work out the suppliers that they want to use they can work out the products that they want to offer and sell they can think about their employment policies does does, does that mean in sorry does that mean a boycott or something if if this supplier or whoever isn't uh, acting in a, in a, an LGBT friendly way is that what you're alluding to there? I think a lot of people are looking really really carefully at their supply chains, very very carefully. So that's why it is. I mean, I know myself. You know, when I'm tendering for business, um, a lot of the time you get asked the question, "What are you doing to create tangible change?" And I think if you can't answer that question, you're just not gonna you're not gonna win that business. So no, I'm not into boycotts. What I am into is encouraging uh, companies to think about their supply chain, to think about their suppliers and to ask questions um, of those suppliers as to how they are going about their business practices. Yeah, well, let's just tease out a little bit more some of the, the business consequences if if maybe you're not you know, abiding by best practice in this area. Obviously, you do put yourself in a position maybe where you're not attracting the best talent or where your employees feel that they're not able to perform to their highest level in your company. But but the other thing is the, this issue of the pink pound. Is that still a, 
something that has power, this, this idea? I, I think the pink pound has a, a, a tremendous amount of power um, in, in every um, economy. And beyond that, I think what we're also seeing is there's this really big focus from investors right now on um, ESG um, investing, you know, environmental, uh, social and, and good governance. So investors are asking questions of companies as to what part they are playing in both economic terms but also in communities, also in societies. So I think there's a sort of virtuous circle that's being created here. But I want to see if we can drive it a bit faster. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned ESG. I was only covering that topic last week uh, with a guy who writes for the Financial Times, and fair to say he's a big critic of it. One of the points he was making is it's not really ideal if you're looking at a market failure to say that the solution is to have more of the market what he would argue is, in an area like, like this, what we're talking about now, really it's government regulation is a better tool to try and sort some of these things out. So, so I wonder, Ian, is there any legislation or, 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 or you know, something similar like that that you would think should be brought in? Well, look, I'm a business guy, so my starting point is nudge rather than compulsion. Um, but you know, part of the job of being the the UK's first LGBT business champion, is to look in the round as to what's going on. Now, we might, you know, when we talk to businesses, when we talk to trade unions, when we talk to customers, when we talk to employees, we might actually decide that there's some legislative change that is necessary here um, in order to drive things faster. I'm quite open. I'm not shutting any kind of doors or avenues at the moment, but my starting point is, is encouragement uh, rather than uh, prescription. Um, and I think there's an awful lot of a lot we can do with encouragement and nudge and best practice because, frankly, in business, unless you're reinventing, um, you know, you are you're very, very quickly um, kind of dead in the water. And I think this reinventing piece comes very much into the agenda that we're talking about. Our guest here on News Talk is Ian Anderson, Executive Chairman of PR firm Cicero and the UK's first LGBT business champion. I want to ask you about the concept of a pay gap, Ian, and I've seen you talking about this before. LinkedIn did a survey that said there was a 16% pay gap between LGBT people and straight people, with LGBT people being the ones on, on the lower pay. Do you accept that finding, Ian? And, and if so, what, what might the reasons for that be? I mean, you can understand why there's a, a gender pay gap because women are more likely to be in part-time work uh, or, or, or take time out of the workforce. But what might be the reason for an LGBT pay gap? Well, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, this has been kind of brought to me. If I'm going to be meeting LinkedIn um, and their team because I think they've got a lot of very interesting things to bring into uh, th th this debate. Um, there are some parts of the LGBT uh, community that are extremely well paid. In fact, well above national average. They're very, very high performing part um, of uh, the workforce, extremely well paid. There are other parts of the LGBT community that are clearly less so. So I'd like to kind of interrogate those numbers. Um, it is more difficult, this question, than the question of gender or indeed the question of race, because, of course, there's a large number of LGBT folks at work that don't want to self-identify. And this... Yeah. All this work is not about forcing people out of the closet. It's absolutely not. So it is a bit harder, but you know, let's go look at it. 
How hooked into the government are you, Ian? Because there are a lot of gay rights activists who don't like the Tories. And you, you've been appointed by the Tories. Yeah, look, this is a government rule. It's a non-party rule. Um, it's a kind of envoy-like uh, role. So it's not a... You know, I'm not here to get involved in party politics. I don't want to get involved in party politics um, in, a, in any uh, way, shape or form. What I want to try and do is bring the experience that I've got in business, bring the experience that I bring, I think, hopefully the, from the LGBT community in order to look at what works and make life better for um, LGBT people um, uh, at work. What I don't want to do is get involved in party politics. One of the things that you've been tasked with doing as well is is to help British businesses to advocate LGBT equality in their international trading partners. Now, this is a really tricky one because there are some countries, no doubt about it, that maybe haven't made as much progress on this issue. And, you know, if, if uh, you, you come across as preachy or something, well, it might not make business sense. Absolutely right. We can't be preachy. Um, but equally, you know, we, we need to see reform. There are 59 countries globally where being gay is still illegal. 59 countries where homosexuality uh, is um, is illegal. Now, we've got to do something about that. We've got to do something about that in the right way. Um, and actually, next year, the UK is going to be hosting the first global LGBT uh, conference um, in the UK. We're going to be bringing together a lot of the NGOs, a lot of the actors, a lot of the people who are, you know, um, having to do some pretty tough work um, in some of those territories to see if we can move the dial yeah. on this. And, and it's really probably the bigger companies. I mean, the bigger companies, they can do this. The smaller ones that we talked about earlier, they're the ones who it's difficult for. A lot of big companies who are active in territories are providing safe space. Um, for uh, their LGBT employees, that about the safest place for those folks is at work. Um, and we want to look at that. And actually, that's back to the supply chain point. There may be things that they can do with smaller companies that they're already doing with smaller companies in some of those territories just to make life better. It's a big job, Ian, as we've talked about. And, uh, you know, you're just starting and you're you're trying to figure out what you're going to do, but I wonder, have you thought ahead to what you would like to achieve maybe if, when the time comes for you to, to move on and do something else? What would you like to look back on and say, you know what, uh, this is what I did? I really want to put in place some tangible measures, whether or not it's that mentoring scheme to get um, small businesses working with larger businesses, whether or not it's, as we've just been talking, improving the opportunities, the economic uh, opportunities at work for LGBT people um, in the UK um, and and abroad. And um, look, I think with some goodwill, there's been tremendous goodwill um, coming towards me since this rule was announced. Um, I, I think we can get some tangible change. Okay, we leave it there. Ian Anderson, Executive Chairman of PR firm Cicero and the UK's first LGBT business champion. Thanks very much for being with us. Thank you. Taking stock on News Talk. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland, driving business success through innovative training and upskilling. Has your fuse box gone haywire? Is your water pressure too weak? Or maybe your boiler needs an upgrade? They don't last forever, you know. Well, the good news is that there's a local hero in Dublin for that. 
So if you're locked out on a Thursday and need a locksmith, take the hassle out of it with localheroes.ie. Our online service connects you with trusted tradespeople in your area and all work comes with a 12-month guarantee backed by Borgosh Energy. Try it out while listening to your podcast. You could get a quote in minutes at localheroes.ie. TNCs apply. Visit localheroes.ie for full details.